Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode. I hope you're harnessing this Leo full moon energy and stepping into your power and knowing your worth. I'd like to mention I have a new Musai mix up on our SoundCloud page curated by Kiera based over in Thailand. It's a really beautiful mix and I highly recommend you check it out. It really had me dancing, especially with this full moon. <laughs> this week, you'll be meeting Natasha Polke, a producer, DJ, singer, songwriter, and live performer. With her extensive indie folk pop background, it might seem odd at first glance that the gifted singer songwriter now can only be described as one of the up and coming techno artists within Switzerland's vibrant underground culture. Today, we discuss her approaches to songwriting, live performances, her new EP with Kidzo called What If I, and so much more. This live musical Musai is an artist to watch and you can follow her on Instagram at natashapolke.ch. I hope you enjoy this episode and here's Natasha Polke on Musai Collective. Hello, Natasha. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How are you doing over there today in Zurich? Thank you. So good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you. It's been kind of a challenge, everyone, to get this podcast together just between our schedules and construction happening in our in my house. It's been insane. But anyways, I'm so happy to have you here today. We did it. (laughs) The things of putting a podcast together. Anyways, okay, so let's get started. So you're a producer and a songwriter and your roots actually began from an indie folk pop background along from coming from an artistic family. Can you tell us a little bit more about your origin story and how you got into the music industry. Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, I I think from day one, I, I felt drawn to music. And as I told you, I come from a musical family. So I share my passion for music with my grandmother and my great uncle. He was a famous artist. So my whole family was already very supportive with me being artistic and So I feel very lucky that I've always been greatly supported to go into music. And and then I decided to study in London, to go to London to study songwriting and was supported right away from day one. And um, I feel very grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, I know it can be difficult. I've had past guests you know, in the arts that maybe didn't have families that were so supportive and more in the traditional mindset of like, no, you go to college, get you're going to be a lawyer, or maybe there's that pressure from the family to have, you know, that corporate job because they don't see the arts as a job. It's that it is because it's like, how do you entertain the world? Someone's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And I, yeah, I definitely don't take it for granted. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's so nice. So as a songwriter, what are some approaches to actually writing a song? Can you walk us through the process? Yeah, sure. I think there's so many different ways of coming up with a song. And when I studied songwriting, we had to write three songs a week, which sometimes was tough. So we learned to develop all these kind of techniques that um, how to write a song, how, how to get started And one technique that I really like doing now, and I really stuck with that, is I work a lot with improvisation. So I like lay down a very simple beat and some bass notes that I like. And then I start recording melodies and gibberish vocals on top of it. And after like, I don't know, sometimes 20 takes, I actually (laughs) come to the almost final take and I'm like, oh, that's it, that's it. And in that take, mostly there is already like the main hook line and most of the lyrics and then the rest of the gibberish I often send to a friend of mine who who lives in London 
And then she takes those gibberish lyrics and she just writes down what she hears in the in these gibberish lyrics. And, and then mostly we have like, like 90% of the lyrics done. And then we fit the rest of the lyrics to, to the whole concept that came to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's such an easy way of writing a song. And it's so much fun because she takes the, the gibberish and she's like, oh, this is great what you sang. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't sing that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's super cool. I love that, you know, the creative process. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I've never done it, but I feel like you need to have some kind of formula that works for you, but it sounds like you have something down. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sometimes I do like that. But often I also do, um, I love doing concept concept writing. So for example, with the song, What If I?, it started with the phrase, what if I'm the villain? And I wanted to play with this idea of like asking the question, hey, what if I'm the villain? Like, what if I'm actually not the good one? Would you still stick to me or would you let it go? And then I crafted the whole lyrics around this idea because, yeah, I, I just love writing lyrics. And and then I fitted the rest of the song around that. So That's so sometimes cool. Sometimes I'll start with a concept. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. There you go, everyone. <laughs> Get out there and start writing a song now. Okay, yeah. So I actually want to talk about creative downloads or sometimes it's called spiritual download, which means you all of a sudden have a burst of creative energy, inspiration or messages that can come through. So in this case, having a creative download can get you in the flow for songwriting. So do you have any rituals that might get you in the flow of state of creativity to receive these inspirations? Yeah, definitely. I have one exercise I always do in my writing phases. It's called object writing. And it's an exercise that really helps you get into that flow state. And it helps you stop judging an idea before it's created, which often is the problem when it comes to writing blocks. And so what you do is, or like what I do, is I go on random word generator on the internet, and then I just get a random word like flower or carpet or whatever <laughs> and then you get 10 minutes and you have to write uh, for 10 minutes straight and the only rules are that you're not like you're not allowed to stop writing and if you do stop writing then you can just write hey I don't know what to write I don't know what to write until the ideas come back and what really helps is to use your senses to describe what you smell or what you see or or what you feel. And it's incredible what, what kind of texts come out of this exercise. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that this was inside of me. And it really gets the flow going and you write things you wouldn't necessarily write normally. And because normally you, you probably go like, oh, no, this is not good enough yet. But because of this flow that you create by having to write for 10 minutes straight, this, this doesn't happen. And I always feel like the rest of the day is definitely more of flow when I do this exercise. That sounds really, really cool. I want to try this <laughs> just yeah, to get your creative flow going, you know, and like, there's no pressure of it's not good enough or what am I doing? It's, yeah, it's just exactly. flowing with the word that you're choosing and basically just scribbling down whatever's coming to your mind, right? So it's yeah, absolutely no pressure. <laughs> absolutely no pressure. And like as that. soon... I think often it's also that when I have a cool word, then then I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cool text. And then the pressure is already set. And <laughs> and then I can't write the cool <laughs> text. But if it's a very random word, mostly 
something very cool actually happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so speaking of creative downloads, you actually have a new EP coming out in collaboration with Kidzo called What If I on the Gardens of Babylon on February 3rd, which by the way, I absolutely love this EP. It's gorgeous. It's I've listened to it a million times already, but can you tell us a little bit more about this collaboration and the EP? So the collaboration started when I wrote some vocals and recorded some vocals over one of their tracks and they put it up on TikTok and said, hey, create a duet with it. And so I did this duet and then loads of people were like, hey, you guys should do a collaboration. And then I think the next day they reached out and and then I drove up to Munich three weeks later to oh my God. three tracks together. Yeah. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Wow. One of the good sides of social media. Totally. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. That's, <laughs> you know, the power of social media and connecting and collaborating yeah, for the incredible. arts and music and whatever you're doing that... It is incredible. Wow. There's like, you know, the downsides of social media, but then there's the positives like this. So that's really, really cool. Wow. Okay, everyone, we have a little preview of one of the tracks, Bloom in the Cold, which will be released on February 10th and available on Beatport. So let's have a listen. Cold, the entire EP will be released on February 10th via Amsterdam-based label Gardens of Babylon. Okay, Natasha, you recently switched over to only doing live performances versus DJing. Can you share with us the difference between performing live versus the DJ set? And how do you prepare for this live set? And what would you say the energy difference is like when you're performing live? So I, I actually get that question quite often, what the difference is. Ah. So I'm very happy to answer this question. Um, <laughs> So DJing is basically playing a selection of pre-recorded songs. And these songs don't have to be by the artist or by the DJ that is playing or performing. And the focus is on mixing the tracks into each other. And I think the focus is on the atmosphere and guiding an audience through the night. Whereas when you're playing live, you actually just play your own songs. And it's about playing instruments and about singing live and recreating your own songs or playing your own songs. And yeah, it's kind of comparable to a band. But when I'm on the stage, I... Uh, instead of a band, I have my synthesizers that I trigger with my laptop or I send some information to my synthesizer so they can play by themselves or play if I play them um, to help me out a bit. <laughs> and yeah, then all the singing is live. Yeah, so I think that's the main difference. And preparing my live set, I actually took a whole month off to program this whole live show because it's quite complex if you play as an electronic uh, life act. Um, you have to make a decision which instruments you can play live on stage and what maybe has to be um, MIDI triggered through the laptop and what is pre-recorded. And so, yeah, you have to make loads of decisions and program it all and and then rehearse, of course. Of course, um, yes. So, yeah, that actually took me a whole month. But, wow. Um, 
yeah, it was super interesting and very cool. Yeah, I recently just saw the castle that you performed live at. So was this the set that took you one hour to prepare? Yeah, that was the set in Heidelberg I, I was preparing for. They asked me if I want to do the set in, in spring. So I knew, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a whole month off wow. <laughs> to prepare that. I mean, um, it looked incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> it was um, such an amazing experience to play there. And I mean, the location is beautiful and the whole team. It's so like dramatic, like the castle yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're playing live and like the camera angles and you're like really into it and the vibe and the crowd, everything was just like, it looked like everything really came together really nicely and yeah, well done. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, performing live, that's got to get your nerves on edge or anxiety can build or, you know, maybe limiting beliefs come up. Like, was, is this good enough? You know, how do you cope with your performance anxiety and what are some ways you like to calm yourself? So yeah, I had like terrible performance anxiety when I was younger and it was that bad that I could barely perform. Like I could barely sing because if you if you don't breathe properly anymore, your voice can't function anymore. And it was probably also one of the reasons I got into production very early on at uni because I always wanted to play my <laughs> produced songs instead of performing them. But then I got to the point where I was like, no, I really want to be able to perform. And I had an incredible vocal coach in London who taught me this mental training, how you could actually overcome your performance anxiety. And apparently there's not a big difference between between what you imagine in your head and what you actually do live or like what you do in reality. And so as soon as you can imagine yourself going on a stage and not being nervous, you can do it in 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 real. And at first I was like, no way, it's going to be super easy to imagine myself going on stage, not being nervous. And, <laughs> and I tried it and, and I just couldn't do it. Like always when I like close my eyes and try to imagine myself going on stage, I got super nervous. And it took me about two months of mental training of like imagining myself going up on stage and just being um, relaxed. And after two months, I went on a very big stage in London um, at the roundhouse and I was like please let's <laughs> please have this work <laughs> and I wow. went on stage and I wasn't wasn't nervous at all and for me that was such a powerful exercise and really changed the way I perform it's so funny because you know I said I just I just came across your castle live performance and after watching that I would have never guessed that you had any of this anxiety before or you know stage fright or feeling nervous it's funny because you really don't know what people are going through internally or what they previously were struggling with. But I mean, I'm telling you, girl, like <laughs> your performance, like, do you look like so comfortable up there, you know? So it's working. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> it it's feels better too now. <laughs> yeah. How many live performances have you done so far? Are, are you, have you done many? With this project now? I don't know. I haven't counted, but okay, in the so last half year, it was a lot. <laughs> okay. 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 So yeah, you're far from the first one. Yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. So Natasha, do you have any upcoming dates you'd like to share with us where people might be able to catch you around the world? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to play loads of shows um, next year. And one that I'm um, very excited about is the 3000 degrees or like it's called 3000 grad. And it's going to be in Croatia. 
and it's um, I play on the 21st of May. Another one that I'm very excited about is the Plain Breeze Festival. I know exactly Amsterdam. what that. Yes, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's on the 27th of May, and I'm very excited about that. Nice. One. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I go. I, I used to live in London, like I said, and I go back to play in London on the 19th of May, which I'm also very excited about. <laughs> I'll definitely like have updates on my social media channels. Where yeah, I- but yeah, thanks for sharing. It's good to <laughs> you know share it, and I'm sure you know people listening who might be in those locations might want to check you out. So yes, Natasha, we're gonna get to this part of the podcast. Can you share with us? One or two muses in your life that you'd love to give a shout out to today? Like, so one artist for me that was um, one of my very first inspirations to get into lyrics and was my probably biggest motivation to start my course in London is Daughter. Do you know? Do you know her? Don't. I don't. But please tell me more. <laughs> um, she writes these incredible lyrics and uh, yeah, she really motivated me to head to London to study songwriting. That's really cool. (laughs) So you never know who you're inspiring, you know? So you're doing what you're doing with your live performances and your music and someone else, an inspiring artist, or maybe they're too afraid to even try, but they see your performance and inspired by you, you know? So hopefully this podcast inspires someone. (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're gonna yeah (laughs) we're gonna get to follow your bliss finale question can you share with us one positive affirmation I think it's very important to dream and to have ideas what you want to do because I think if you head towards a, a dream that it's very likely that you will reach it and so you should focus on what you want to become and where you want to get and yeah yeah Give it, give it your best. <laughs> yes. And birth that dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just, yeah. The last episode, we just talked about dream activation. So oh, I'm really? all about that. Oh, yes, so yes, cool. yes. So check that out. <laughs> yes. So yeah, everyone focus on those dreams. Natasha, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy that we made it work and had this beautiful conversation. And I hope that someone listening is inspired by you today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay, for having me. It was so wonderful. (laughs) See you soon, Natasha. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 